This episode of the Main Event Talk podcast is brought to you by Richest Billiards, 5815 Weber, not your average heroes, new name, same place. Let's get down to business. Here I stand with three plates in my jaw that say I'm a bad son of a... Excuse me, Mr. Prince. You're going to hand that title over to the group of men that have been running this show from top to bottom. It's easy for the mice to play when the cat's away. But the cat is back. And look what I just dragged in. You gotta be kidding me! Undisputed Air is here! Undisputed Air is back! Boom! Absolute problem in here! Pal Majapi is down and out! Eight fighters! Blood destruction! Two teams of four! Sorcerer of Death's construction! I think, gentlemen, you know how this goes. I am begging you to say it! Machine keeps turning. Ladies and gentlemen, we are ready to go to war this Sunday. NXT TakeOver War Games is going to take place, and you just heard it right there and there. The Undisputed Era are going to return to War Games this Sunday as they take on Pat McAfee's, well, Team Pat McAfee, if you will, consist of the Bruiserweight himself, uh, holy crap, I forgot his name. Uh, uh, oh my God. It, it, don't you just hate it when you know who they... Oh, Pete Dunn. There we go, Pete Dunn. My apologies. Pete Dunn, Pat McAfee, and the tag team champions, Danny Birch and Oni Lorkin. They're going to be a part of the men's NXT TakeOver War Games. And there's also, of course, the women's War Games, which is also going to take place as well. <clears throat> We will talk about that in just a moment, but ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this very special, welcome to the return of the Main Event Talk podcast. It's been a long, long time since the Main Event, since the Main Event had an opportunity to be on this podcast. I am the Main Event player, the Super C himself, the God among gods, the King among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth, and we have got... A lot of wrestling we got to cover. We got a a lot we need to cover as soon as we can. So, before we get into this, uh, we've got some stuff, like I said, we need to cover, including the memory of Pat Patterson, which has happened, uh, which happened the past couple of days ago. Of course, also my thoughts on the biggest star... On the company who's made a huge impact within the past few days. And I'm talking about Sting. Sting making his return to professional wrestling. And also Sting making an appearance in AEW. And the fact that... <laughs> and I'll say this. The fact that his his appearance... His um, 
appearance at AEW's Dynamite pretty much outshines, and this is the truth, it pretty much outshines what happened with Kenny Omega, which we will also talk about. And also, there's going to be some people that are going to be disappointed on, I know everyone's been talking about, is AEW going to get into war with Impact Wrestling? Is it going to be a crossover? Is it going to happen? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? Well, I got some news about that, and you're not going to exactly like how this is going to end up. So, before we go ahead and um, talk about all this great wrestling, and obviously there's several things that we've got to talk about and several things we need to mention, there is one thing I'd like to mention, and uh, starting off this show, um, we know about what happened uh, a couple of days ago, and this was something that... You know, a lot of people are still talking about to this day. Um, a few days ago, uh, it was noted on uh, WWE.com. It was also noted on every single sports website that was going on that um, former Intercontinental Champion, the very first Intercontinental Champion, Pat Patterson, WWE Hall of Famer, had passed away at the age of of 79. Um, <clears throat> Pat Patterson was... a uh, a huge, huge, uh, a great man, great superstar. Um, he had had some great, great wrestling matches in his career. Uh, some, uh, some that I remember quite well, involving uh, Sergeant Slaughter. You know, I remember that matchup. Uh, there was a dog collar match that happened back in uh, uh, Madison Square Garden, if I remember that correctly. Of course, uh, I remember him teaming up with Nick Bockwinkle, and also I remember him, uh, I think he teamed up with Nick Bockwinkle, I could be wrong, Uh, I remember seeing his match with the American Dream Dusty Rhodes back in the day, and also, um, he also mentioned, uh, there was also him and uh, his former, his late great tag team partner, who's also up in heaven with him as well, Ray the Crippler Stevens, you know, I remember uh, that and everything. Of course, he was the man that created the concept of the Royal Rumble. And, you know, it was pretty cool in every way possible. Uh, WWE Smackdown this past Friday, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, did a, a very touching tribute for Mr. Pat Patterson. And it was great to watch. Um, you know, it was great to see all the WWE superstars there, uh, including uh, Vince McMahon showed up over there. Shawn Michaels has showed up over there. And, of course, uh, Pat Patterson's longtime confidant, who was also there with him as part of the Attitude Era, um, Gerald Briscoe. Everyone has done uh, some special tributes for Pat Patterson, and um, it was pretty cool to watch in every way possible. And, you know, very tough to... um, describe, you know, this man, Pat Patterson, in every way possible. So I think, I think this right here will probably be a more fitting tribute, if you know what I mean. From San Francisco, California, weighing 240 pounds, And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain My friend, 
I'll say it clear I'll state my case Of which I'm certain I lived A life that's full I traveled each And every highway And more Much more than this I did it wrestler gone another passed on to the great beyond pat patterson was extremely important to this wrestling industry and uh, if the main event can um you know <clears throat> i've always followed um several wrestlers careers you know from the undertaker to sting to austin and everyone and sometimes i always like to follow up on some of the uh, older wrestlers from years gone by, you know, um, I still remember Pat Patterson, um, you know, his name had been brought up so many years as a kid, you know, I've never really seen any of his matches and everything until, you know, I got older and, um, you know, understood the business a little bit more, and, you know, it was very, very cool, you know, watching uh, some very classic matches that happened with Pat Patterson years ago, uh, one match in particular, I was watching... Uh, something on the WWE Network that was called The Legends of Wrestling, right? And they had a panel. They had a panel of great 
uh, great wrestling stars from not just Pat Patterson himself, but uh, people like, you know, good old J.R. Jim Ross was there, uh, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, uh, Michael P.S. Hayes, Jerry the King Lawler, uh, Eric Bischoff, and Michael Graham, and uh, many, many others uh, that were there, had did a panel, right? They did a panel that involved, you know, um, uh, many of these wrestling legends. I think they did a segment that was called Great Rivalries, you know, uh, rivalries of the past from years ago, right? And one of the rivalries that they talked about was uh, one involving Pat Patterson. And uh, Patterson was involved in um, a rivalry match, I think, uh, with Sergeant Slaughter. I think I remember talking to you guys about that from... um, uh, let's see, I think I talked to you guys about that uh, a few months or, or something like that. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get everything set up here. I uh, was watching that from, um, mo- uh, I think it was years or months ago. Oh, yeah, years ago, as a matter of fact. Um, they talked about the match with um, Pat Patterson and Sergeant Slaughter uh, that took place over, I believe, in Madison Square Garden. It was back in 1981. And I had a chance to not only see the match, and well, not in person, but I saw the match on uh, YouTube a long time ago because they were talking about how bloody this match was, how brutal this match was. And it, it's so cool. This is one of these things where when you, when you get away from some of the wrestling that you know now and you just want to watch some of the older wrestling that you used to know a long time ago. I mean, my era of wrestling was always from, from the 80s, from the 90s, from what I knew at that time. But when I saw some stuff that I've never seen before, because when I started watching wrestling it was back in 84 and 85. That's when I first started watching wrestling. There was stuff that, I, that I've never seen in like 83, 82, 81, and I was always curious about watching that. Um, like, uh, as a matter of fact, last week I was watching Starcade. I was watching Starcade 85, uh, which featured the match between the American Dream Dusty Rhodes and the Nature Boy Ric Flair, which the anniversary was just a few days ago, as a matter of fact. And then... Uh, you know, I was watching uh, one with Tully Blanchard and um, Magnum TA for the United States Championship, and it was in a steel cage. It was an I Quit match. You know, and it was one of these, one of these real cool classic matches that, you know, when you see it and you watch it, you just, you know, if you've seen it before, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And when you, you know, watch it for the first time, because I watched it for the very first time. You're just in awe, and you're like, my God, you never see wrestling like this anymore. You don't, you don't really watch something like this anymore. The match I saw with Pat Patterson and Sergeant Slaughter was amazing. It was just so cool to watch, you know, and I couldn't believe how brutal this was. I think at the time, and I'm trying to remember this quite well, I think it was where, I think Pat Patterson was the babyface, and I think Sergeant Slaughter was the bad guy. I think that's what I remember from that. I, I could be mistaken, but I may have to look look into my notes and everything. But it was a it was a brutal brutal match between those two and I, you know, remember seeing that match. Then I remember another match uh that Pat Patterson was involved in and it took place with um if I remember correctly, I think it was back in the Attitude Era. Uh yeah, as a matter of fact, it was back in the Attitude Era, right right, right around 1999. And people were still talking about it around that time, where you had these three young guys uh, that were called the Mean Street Posse a long, long time ago. And then all of a sudden, you went up against these two old veterans. And they may have been old veterans to a lot of people. 
but to a lot of wrestling fans, especially wrestling fans that grew up watching these two men, I'm talking about Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, it was something that they would never forget. And when they were in the ring, I mean, these guys were literally in their 50s and 60s, and they were in the ring against these three young guys, these three very unex, un, very unexperienced guys, the, the Mean Street Posse. That was the most talked about match in 1999. That was a big talk. And, you know, because you had... Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, the first Intercontinental Champion, and Gerald Briscoe was uh, one half of the uh, Tag Team Champions from a long, long time ago, and they were, they put on, it wasn't exactly the greatest wrestling show in the world, but it's the biggest, it was the talk of the wrestling world back in the Attitude Era, back at that time, in an era where you had guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and Triple H and Degeneration X and all that happening in that era, Briscoe and Patterson were talked about in that era. It was just crazy to watch, you know, seeing Briscoe and seeing Patterson against the Mean Street Posse. It was just incredible. You know, Pat has contributed a lot, including, you know, the man who basically created the Royal Rumble years ago. Uh, You know, I still remember when Vince McMahon told him that uh, it was a stupid idea. You know, why don't you take it over to Dick Eversall and see what he thinks? And it wasn't a stupid concept. Well, that stupid concept would later become the biggest event and one of the biggest events in all of WWE. You know, and I still and I still remember watching the Royal I've never seen the first Royal Rumble at all until it was mentioned. I thought the to me I thought the first winner was actually um I thought it was who was it? Uh, Big John Studd. I thought he was the first winner, but it was actually Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I've never really seen the first Royal Rumble un, until I saw it years ago, and I was impressed with that Royal Rumble. I was like, wow, I've never seen this one before. This looks like cool. So, yeah, Pat Patterson had played a major role in a lot of people's lives, you know, they, uh, and also, just to go ahead and be done with this, um, this past Friday, on Friday Night Smackdown, there were six of Pat Patterson's favorite guys that uh, that competed against each other in a Pat Patterson tribute match. And, on, and they were all former Intercontinental Champions this match. Well, actually, five former Intercontinental Champions and one that's the current Intercontinental Champion. On one side, you had a former Intercontinental Champion in his own right, Daniel Bryan, one of Pat Patterson's favorites. Another one being uh, Rey Mysterio. You know, he was also a former Intercontinental Champion himself, another favorite of Pat Patterson. Of course, Big E, he was also there. He was also one of Pat's favorites and also a former Intercontinental Champion in his own right. And recently, as a matter of fact, speaking of Big E, he came out to a new theme song. He came out to uh, an old trademark of his where he used to uh, take some powder and, you know, kind of did the whole LeBron James thing. But he kind of, instead of just having to throw the powder up in the air, kind of like that, he just goes ahead and, you know, slaps his hands around together and all the powder just keeps coming out. And that that's trademark old Big E from, you know, back in the NXT days. And that was pretty cool. And he had those three men to go, go up against... Former Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura, another another favorite of Pat Patterson, and then you have uh, Dolph Ziggler, uh, one of one of um, definitely one of Pat Patterson's all-time favorites, uh, Dolph Ziggler, and then of course another current favorite, someone that um, 
someone that truly knows Pat Patterson quite well, uh, and that's the current Intercontinental Champion, Sami Zayn. So these six men had put on a show for Pat Patterson as a personal tribute to him, and it, it was great. It was a you know great match to uh, look, check out. I digged it. I loved it. And um, you know Pat Patterson would have loved seeing a match like this. Pat Patterson would have been probably on his feet to see something like that, to see some of his favorite guys in that ring. You know, Pat Patterson has been has been great. You know, he's one of the you know first Intercontinental Champion. Was part of some great matches in his career, and you know I love the man. And also, and go ahead to, and to go ahead and bring this up, and you know Pat Patterson was kind of like um, you know Rob Halford. When, when you think about it. And I know some people are going to probably wonder why I mentioned that. Some people get the idea and then others are probably don't know. Years ago, uh, Rob Halford, as you know, if any, anybody that knows the name quite well, you know what I'm talking about. For those that don't, Rob Halford is the, uh, the man, the singer for the legendary Judas Priest. And years ago, uh, it was revealed, I think it was back in 96, 97, where Rob Halford had revealed that he was gay. And, you know, to me, <laughs> I was uh, pretty in shock that um, that Rob Halford was gay. But then again, it kind of didn't surprise me because I kind of I was thinking about it real, real hard. And I was like thinking, wait a minute, the leather jacket, the leather hat and the leather ch- chaps. And well, OK, well, that pretty much explains it all. I don't want to get into detail in any more possible. Pat Patterson, uh, he was openly gay and he had revealed that uh years ago and that was pretty shocking in its own own way because you know like Rob Halford I really didn't look at Pat in that particular way but it was uh, pretty crazy you know seeing something like that you know and, uh, and to and to go and I know some people are gonna go ahead and start pulling off the old well he was a predator Furman he was a sexual all this all this dude shut the fuck up with that I'm trying to do a special tribute for Pat Patterson, and you guys, some of you guys, decide to go ahead and you're going to mock that just because he's openly gay. Leave it the fuck alone. We're doing this for Pat Patterson. It's his tribute. It's his show. That's how it goes. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> but to go ahead and end this, guys, um, like I said before, <coughs> Pat Patterson was a great man. Pat Patterson was a great wrestler, and it was very, very sad to see him go, and it was very, very sad that all this had to happen the way it did. So the main event would like to go ahead and say thank you. Thank you very much to Pat Patterson for all your contributions to professional wrestling. Thank you very much for bringing us the Royal Rumble. Thank you for bring, being the first Intercontinental Champion and paving the way for some of the greatest Intercontinental Champions that came after you. After you from the likes of the Macho Man Randy Savage, to Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning, to Bret the Hitman Hart, to Shawn Michaels, to Triple H, to Stone Cold Steve Austin, to Owen Hart, and even to the current Intercontinental Champion, Sami Zayn. You brought a lot to the dance. You brought a lot to this business. And for that... I and every pro wrestling fan that's listening all across the world, we would like to say thank you. Thank you very much, Pat Patterson. Thank you for your contributions. 
Thank you for everything you've done for this business. Pat, we tell you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Wash minds.
darkness world stops turning Ashes where the body's burning No more war pigs of the power And as God has struck the hour Day of judgment God is calling Underneath the war pigs crawling Begging mercies for the sin Satan laughing spreads his wings one of the most legendary songs in the history of metal that was black sabbath with war pigs and and also says luke's wall that's from the remastered 2012 paranoid and um you know one of my all-time favorite songs on this one in paranoid from years and years ago so getting prepared for nxt takeover war games which is going to happen tomorrow night on the wwe network NXT Takeover War Games. This will be the, I believe, fifth war. Is that the fifth right? Fifth War Games that's going to take place this year. We're going to be talking about that and so much more. Now, <clears throat> we've got the Pat Patterson thing out of the way. We've got the 
whole thing with uh let's see we've talked about several other things and oh oh and i want to mention this right away uh because besides nxt takeover war games at the same time and you might want to check this out on fox if uh, anyone that watches uh fox news you oh well not fox news but uh the channel fox you know that um Tribute to the Troops is going to happen. I think it's going to happen on the same time as uh, War Games on the WWE Network. I know a lot of people are going to be um, a lot of people are going to be probably watching uh, War Games more. They want to see Tribute to the Troops, but I wouldn't mind seeing them both. You know, just because I I like to see wrestling and I like to see how that stuff. Plus, Tribute to the Troops is always a, a great event to watch and everything, especially when they're. Uh, you know, saying thank you to all the troops for all their sacrifice and everything that they've done for us and everything. And I always watch that every single year, and it always gets better every single time when I watch it. So um, if you get a chance, if you don't watch, I mean, I, I don't think I I think I'd be saying the wrong thing here, but if you want to watch NXT TakeOver War Games, go ahead and do it. Go, you know, subscribe to the WWE Network and watch the NXT TakeOver War Games if you can. But if you can't watch it and if you want to watch Tribute to the Troops, then all you got to do is head over to the um, Fox, uh, you know, whatever station carries Fox Network. Go ahead and look at that. It should happen right around, I would say, um, 8, 7 Central, I think, if I remember this correctly. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be uh, 8, 7 Central. So, should be interesting to check out. Check out Tribute to the Troops as it happened on Fox. And uh, check out also your favorite football games, including the Dallas Cowboys. But anyways, and just for the record, and just to get this out of the way, because I know some people have asked me this, and, I, and I'm going to make this very, very clear to every single person all across the world. The Dallas Cowboys did not lose to the Washington Redskins. No, it didn't happen. You know why? Because Washington doesn't have a team and Dallas does. So, you know, go with that. <laughs> okay. We're going to get into a little bit more. Let's talk about AEW. Let's talk about the biggest news in the history of AEW. The biggest thing that's been happening in the history of AEW. No, we're not talking about Kenny Omega being the champion. No. Because as far as I'm concerned, I don't give a rat's ass about that. Because AEW, believe it or not, and, and I'll mention this right now, uh, I'll mention this right now, speaking of Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega has officially become AEW's version of The Miz. Yes, that's right, and I'll, I'll explain why. Number one, The Miz was a man that didn't deserve to be the WWE champion. Nobody cared. I mean, everybody wanted to get behind it. But to us, I mean, it's like he sucks and and he sucks. And, and more importantly, it, it, he sucks. That's all that matters here, okay? Now, there have been some people that have been telling me that, oh, well, the only reason why, I mean, you hate them is because he's a heel. You know, he's doing his job and everything. No, you fucking moron. That's not what it is, okay? Anybody can piss me off in any way possible if they know how to do it, okay? The Miz doesn't know how to do it. He doesn't know how then. He doesn't know now. And no matter how many promos he cuts, and no matter how many movies he becomes a part of, and no matter how many times he appears in a ridiculous reality show, Miz doesn't know how to be a heel. 
The same applies with Kenny Omega. Now, Kenny Omega is a talented wrestler. Kenny Omega is good in the ring. But people are going to have to remember this. Number one, Kenny Omega was in the ring with a nine-year-old girl. True. Very true. Number two, Kenny Omega wrestled a blow-up doll. How fucked up is that? Kenny Omega can be considered the best wrestler to anybody on the face of this fucking planet. But he is not a star. He hasn't been a star yet. Yes, he was the IWGP champion over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was a big-time star over in that company. He was. I don't consider him to be the best wrestler in the world. I mean, anybody, any mark, and any idiot can go ahead and count that, put that on their fucking resume. But unless they actually beaten a star, and I mean actually beaten a star, then you can give me a call in the meantime. It don't mean shit. So, Kenny, and, and you know what, and you know what, and you know what, I'd like to go ahead and mention this right now, and I mention this right here in the main event talk. I'd like to say congratulations. Yes, congratulations go out to Kenny Omega. Now, why, why should I congratulate Kenny Omega? Why should the main event, the super seed that got up on God's kingdom and kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth, go ahead and say congratulations to Kenny Omega. Here's why. I'm not congratulating him that he had one of the highest segments, uh, highest segment matches in AEW history. No, I'm not congratulating him on the fact that he is the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. I'm not congratulating him on any of those accolades. I'm congratulating him on one thing and one thing only, and that is Kenny Omega has finally done the one thing that I have always wanted him to become. And he's done it. He's done it. He did it. We got to give him a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. Because Kenny Omega has now become... A superstar. He's now become a superstar. <laughs> I know some people are going to be looking at me like, okay, wait a minute. What are you talking about? I mean, Kenny Omega, you know, he's always a superstar. Let's review, shall we? From the beginning, I've mentioned this on my breaking news episode. Now, if you've heard it, you can go back and listen to the whole thing and you'll know what I'm talking about. Now, Kenny Omega... Couldn't beat Chris Jericho, couldn't beat John Moxley, couldn't beat Pac, couldn't beat any of those big-time stars. And yet, he thinks he is. He thinks he's a big-time star. Now in 2020, he tries to be a star. He's trying to get there. But yet, he hasn't made sense of anything he does. He's a talented wrestler, but his storylines are whacked and stupid. He hasn't made sense of anything. He had some sort of a feud with Hangman Adam Page, and it hasn't gone anywhere. He only had one match with him, and then that was it. There's no feud after that? There's nothing big that's going to happen afterwards? Come on now. And then he goes ahead and goes after Jon Moxley and tries, I say tries, tries to win the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And he succeeds. He succeeds by what the whole gentleman's rule or gentleman's agreement. And all, there's no such thing. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. And this is pro wrestling. There's no such thing as a gentleman's agreement. Unless there's steak knives and guns involved. This is not a gentleman's agreement. This is stupidity beyond the worst thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. Kenny Omega wins a championship. 
He comes with Don Callis. They both leave. They both run away into the thief of the night like a little fucking bitch. And then he announces that this Tuesday he will appear on Impact Wrestling. And I know there's some people that are wondering about the supposed crossover. The supposed crossover between AEW and Impact Wrestling. Which I will discuss that on the day after NXT TakeOver War Games. We'll talk about that. Now... Let me go a little... So, like I said, I want to say congratulations to Kenny Omega for finally achieving the one gold he'll never be. I'm not talking about him being the AEW champion. It's the fact that he's now become a major superstar. He's a major something, all right. Major superstar, maybe. He is a superstar now. He is. But the question is, how long will he hold on to his superstardom and can it get anywhere? The answer will be nowhere. Nowhere. But why am I talking about Kenny Omega if he didn't accomplish what he set to accomplish in AEW? Nobody's really talking about him winning the title. So what is this big thing that everyone's been talking about? I'm talking about Sting. His appearance in AEW. His appearance in that company. So let's review, shall we? Sting becomes a major star. In WWE, or actually in the WCW. Well, okay, well, okay. Let me, let's clarify. Let's clear up a couple of things if you don't mind. Sting became a major star in the NWA before it became WCW. Let's get that fact straight. Sting became a major star thanks to Ric Flair at the Clash of Champions years ago. Sting, since then, has had many great matches. And then on July... Of 1990, he defeated Ric Flair to win his first world title. And unlike Kenny Omega, Sting not only earned his opportunity at that title, he became a superstar, a major league player in this business we called professional wrestling. And then Sting would move on with his career. He would change with the times. He would win world titles. He would beat some of the best wrestlers in this industry has ever seen. And then in 2001, the doors closed for WCW, and it was the last we would hear of Sting. Then Sting would reappear in a company known as TNA in 2004 and then in 2006. And then he would be a major star in that company. Not only becoming a major star in that company, he would also pick up that company all the way up from the ground up and everything else like that. So fans were talking about Sting. Fans were talking about him coming to the WWE, and it happened. Sting appeared in the WWE for a short amount of time. And then we know what happened after that. And then when Sting appeared over in AEW, it was the biggest thing that could ever happen. And it's still being talked about today. Because while Kenny Omega wins the, in, the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, all people could talk about is, oh man, Sting appeared over in AEW Dynamite! It was the fucking shit, and people are still talking about it to this day. And this coming Wednesday, Sting will speak for the first time since 2001 in TNT. Remember? 
Sting was a part of WCW Monday Nitro on March 26 of 2001, and that was the last time we saw him there. Of course, we know he appeared in other places after that. This will be the first time that he speaks on TNT in many, many years. So I can't wait for that. Okay, guys, we're going to get over the whole Sting thing, and now we're going to get over to NXT TakeOver War Games which is coming up. So let me go ahead and I'll give you my predictions and my stuff here as quickly as possible. So we're going to start off with there's five matches that are going to take place over at NXT TakeOver War Games this coming Sunday. The first matchup is going to take place Tomas, um, Tommaso Ciampa going one-on-one against Timothy Thatcher. That one, I think I'm going to actually go with Tommaso Ciampa on this one for a couple of reasons. Number one, the experience factor. He was a former NXT champion and so forth. And I think he will give Timothy Thatcher a run for his money. But it's not going to surprise me at all if Timothy Thatcher were to try to sneak a win over a former NXT champion. So the main event is going to go with Tommaso Ciampa. But don't be surprised if Timothy Thatcher actually holds a surprise win over Tommaso Ciampa. Expect that to happen. A strap match between Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. <laughs> we'll go straight to the moon. Okay, but anyways. Um, a strap matchup. This is actually more of Cameron Grimes style. As much as I want Dexter Loomis to win, I think this is more of Cameron Grimes style. So I think I'm going to go with Cameron Grimes in this one. Definitely. In this one. So as much as I love Dexter Loomis to win, I'm definitely going to go with Cameron Grimes in this one. A triple threat match for the North American Championship. Leo Ruff, the champion, to defend the title against former champion Johnny Gargano and former champion Damian Priest. Now, let me explain a couple of things here. Number one, Leo Ruff, a tremendous athlete, great wrestler, but the fantasy is going to be officially over within the next 24 hours because I can't wait for this dude to lose his championship. And who should he lose it to? I want Damian Priest to win that title as much as anything in the world, but I don't think it'll happen. I think Johnny Gargano is going to be the one to not only win the championship, but I think something's going to be revealed in this triple threat match. So the main event's going to go with Johnny Gargano to retain the North American championship in this one, to be able to walk away as a new champion. And to me, Damian Priest, um, I would love to see him win it. And also, let me also make one other thing clear here. Um... I think Damian Priest is, and, and I've said this before and I say it again, I always thought John Luna, the best drummer on the planet, uh, the best drummer on the planet, the best mailman in the business, for, the best photographer in the business, and the best mailman in the business today, I have officially decided that I think we're going to make John Luna the Damian Priest of the Periwinkle Massacre. Yeah, as a, matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I'm saying it right here, right now. I'm saying it right here, right now. John Luna, the best drama on the planet, the best mailman in the business, the best, the best meteorologist in the business, and the best photographer in the business has now become officially the Damien Priest of the Periwinkle Massacre. Yes, I'm, I'm officially, just because of the look and and everything. I think uh, Luna looks a little bit if he was a little bit taller, had longer hair and and had a deeper voice then he would look definitely 
like Damian Priest. So I'm calling that right here, right now. John Luna, you're officially the Damian Priest of the Paraguayco Massacre. Yes. While while um, Matt Congora is considered the Rob Arnold of the Paraguayco Massacre, you have now been called the Damian Priest of the Paraguayco Massacre. Exclusive right here on the Main Event Talk. Okay. We're down to the official two war games that are going to be taking place. Now, this one here, we're going to, well, even though there's two, uh, one's the women's and one's the men's. We'll start with the, the women's one here first. Uh, Team Shotzi versus Team Candace. Team Shotzi consists of Shotzi Blackheart, Amber Moon, Rhea Ripley, and NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai to go up against Candice Ray, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. And I, I'm gonna, and this is gonna be the wildest prediction ever. And I think a lot of people are gonna be surprised at this little prediction here. I think Team Candice will actually win. I think they will win in this one. No disrespect to Shotzi Blackheart and uh, Rhea Ripley, Ember Moon, and Io Shirai, but for some odd reason, I think Candice LeRae could possibly pull this off. I think she'll be able. I think she'll be able to actually win in this one. And considering those spook faces that we've been seeing on NXT Takeover, I mean NXT TV, it wouldn't surprise me if if Candice were to win. So, and plus, if you also think about it, Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae does have experience in war games, so it's not a surprise there. So, as much as I love Team Shotzi to win, I think Team Candice is going to win. I think they will. I think they will. This one here will be the men's war games, the undisputed era of Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, and Bobby Fish to go up against Team McAfee in Pat McAfee, Pete Dunne, Danny Birch, and Oni Lorkin. I think in this matchup, I'm actually going to go with the Undisputed Era on this one, simply because uh, the Undisputed Era had won the first war games back in 2016, and then the second and third war games, they didn't win it. I think the fourth one is going to be the one... Well, actually, wait a minute. It's four, right? Well, anyways, um, I, I think they lost the last two war games. So this one, I think the Undisputed Era is going to win it. Now, I'm picking I'm picking the Undisputed Era to win this one. But I'm also thinking, what happens if, say, Pat McAfee were to win? You know, I mean, because this is the thing that I've told a few people. I think if, if they really want to get some heat with the NXT audience, I think we should get Pat McAfee to win. Think about this. Pat McAfee... Cuts some of the best promos I've heard, I haven't heard in years. Pat McAfee is good. Pat McAfee is a great, he's a great wrestler, great NFL player. And I know some people, well, punters don't count for him. And he's a great athlete. Get, 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 get over your fucking self here. The thing is, is I'm looking at Pat McAfee. He's got some very experienced individuals. And not to mention the fact that Pete Dunne has been against the Undisputed Era before in war games. So you've got some experiences involved in this one. So even though the main event is going to go for the Undisputed Era, it would not surprise me. Just like the first matchup that I talk about with Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Team McAfee were to win against the Undisputed Era. Ooh, I mean that would that would definitely shock a lot of people if that took place. So, you know, be on the lookout for that if that takes place. So be ready. 
War Games is going to be happening this coming Sunday. It's actually going to be um, tomorrow night, as a matter of fact. So if you guys get an opportunity to check out the WWE Network. Hold on real quick. There we go. Okay. It wouldn't surprise me, like I said, if, um, if anybody wants to check out War Games, go ahead and check it out on the WWE Network. Subscribe to the WWE Network and check out NXT TakeOver War Games. And also, I think, not this week, but next week, there's supposed to be an untold story involving the streak of Goldberg. That's supposed to take place on the WWE Network uh, sometime soon. So, uh, like I said, get a chance to check out NXT TakeOver War Games this coming Sunday. And if you can't watch NXT TakeOver War Games, if you want to see Tribute to the Troops, check that out as well over on Fox. And also next week, to let everybody know, uh, Impact Wrestling is going to be doing Final Resolution. That's going to be another big event that's going to happen with them. And uh, it should be tremendous to check out. And also, don't forget, um, Sting is going to be appearing at AEW Dynamite this coming Wednesday night at Dynamite. It's going to be great. It's going to be tremendous to hear what Sting has to say and so much more and everything. Of course, NXT is going to happen on Wednesday nights. Well, don't forget to check out Monday Night Raw as it happens on Monday nights. And, of course, SmackDown happens on Friday nights. Impact Wrestling on Tuesday nights. And also, you can check out AEW Dark as it happens on on YouTube as well. And not to mention the fact that the NWA is actually coming back. The NWA Wrestling is coming back with something called Super Power or Power Shockwave. I think that's what it's called. They're introducing that on Tuesday, so I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but it should be tremendous to check out in every way possible. So, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. I'm going to be leaving and preparing myself for what's about to happen this coming Sunday night. War Games TakeOver, it's going to happen. The Main Event cannot wait for that. And, of course, be prepared for tomorrow, the 100th episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. That's going to be, it's not going to be that big of a deal and everything, even though it's a 100th episode. It's just going to be the aftermath of what happened at War Games and certain other things that will happen on that particular week. So, guys, be ready for that. Of course, subscribe to the Main Event Talk if you can on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast. Follow the main event on Twitter at twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash at real main event talk. And of course, you can follow me on on Facebook at facebook.com slash at main event player. You can friends request me. And if you got any interesting questions, if you want to go to main event player at yahoo.com. That's main event player at yahoo.com. If you have any certain particular questions that you want to ask the main event, go ahead and I'll be glad to read them to you right here on this next episode of the main event talk podcast. So thank you for listening. Be prepared for NXT takeover war games happening this Sunday live only on the WWE network. I will see you next time on another great episode of the main event talk podcast. Why? Because I can, and I want to. Any questions? Enough said.
let's get ready for war. Thank <laughs> you.